0: Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams.
1: Welcome, 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 everybody, to ELL 246. I am Brian McWilliams. Welcome to the show. You know, right at the start, before we get into anything deep, before I go to Dave Rubin, who I'm going to bring in a little bit later on today, and thank you. Some of you may have already heard what Dave's going to be saying on the show today because I did a little special teaser yesterday before the election results were out and obviously uh, to try to get anybody who hasn't voted yet to uh, to cast a vote or do whatever they can here in California. But before I get to that, I'm going to ramble on a little bit. As you saw, title of the episode, Rock and Roll Liberty Fantasy, Cause it's all right. It's your rock and roll liberty fantasy. Uh, and I'll explain what I mean by that just a little bit. I probably blew out my microphone speakers, by the way there, that's going to be fun to fix and post. But I just want to tell you guys about the Nomad Network. Now, Nomad Network is pure awesome. I, uh, you know, you guys are probably familiar with this. Jason Stapleton was just on Monday show going in a little conversation with Dave Smith about which way the libertarian party should be going. And, I find that pretty interesting as a conversation piece, but Dave, you know, Dave and Jason—they both have different tactics. They both obviously have a lot of respect for each other, and I will say they're both doing it to it. Like they are really both out there living their philosophies. And Jason Stapleton has launched the Nomad Network. I've talked to you about this before. I'm on there. So was Mark. So was John. And basically, what this is is a hub not only for learning but for libertarians to actually try to grow their business, try to grow your business acumen get classes, get advice, find resources, hire people. I'm seeing in there already there's a community board. People are posting posts looking to hire libertarians, hiring other like-minded people to come and work with them, collaborate with them, work for them, uh, pay them everything you can imagine. And this is a concept that we need. This is something that is really vital to get through to libertarians in that we can't just talk the talk, right? We need to walk the walk. And by that, I mean, we have to go ahead. We have to hire people that are within our sphere. We have to show people that libertarian philosophy is something that can not only be used to <laughs> gain followers on Twitter and pwn the libs, but also to show that we can create, that we are businessmen, that we are entrepreneurs. We need to own that space by being leaders in that space. And I think you're going to find that the Nomad Network is a great way to do on that. So here's what you want to do. Go to www.nomad network.app forward slash lions. Okay. That's what I want you to do. You're going to get in for free. I'll also link to that in the show notes at lions dot com slash episodes slash E L L two four six. You'll also find it in the show notes included in this very podcast. If you watch on YouTube or uh, iTunes or whatever it might be, it'll be in there. So again, guys, check that out. You're going to love it. I promise you. And don't forget, put in that WWW. Okay. Because, You want to make sure you, if you don't use a WWW for some reason, it ain't going to work that well. Just trust me, (laughs) just do it. Okay. Do it for me as as a friend. But yeah, getting back into this. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about in the show today. And it was a a late breaking thing where I had Dave come on, Dave Rubin. And um, so I'm just going to do a little bit on the taxes right now. I did, you know, I already talked about the vaccine mandates. I'm not going to go into that too much more, but I'll do a little bit just saying that. I don't think these things will hold up. And I think if anything, the vaccine mandate crowd is probably pushing its hand a little bit too hard. I don't think it's going to be constitutional. I think it'll be rolled back. And I think you are basically giving a rallying point for anybody that's not a complete and total psychopath to say, this is crazy. We're seeing protests out across not only the United States, but in international communities, not only of people that are unvaccinated or don't want to be vaccinated, but people that are simply against the premise being set here. And that's my argument to people when I talk to them, right? Is that I can? You can have any scientific argument you want. You can say that you can have any moralistic healthcare argument that you want, saying, "Oh, well, this is going to hurt other people if you don't." Fine, you can believe that. You can believe that everybody should be vaccinated for their health, safety, etc. The problem is when you set a precedent of we're going to force people to do X, Y, and Z. Now, I just did a speech at um, the Bastiat Society, which was great. Thanks to Sean Hernandez for inviting me. Did a great little speech was going to record it, could not get our Zoom H6, I don't know, for whatever reason, couldn't get it to work, or else I would have been playing it for this episode today. But uh, had a great speech there. And I, what I could basically associated this with, and maybe this is an extreme example, but when you have the state come in and be able to define what is a universal good because it's supposedly a good to protect your neighbor, right? Their health security and your health security. your My best interest as the state government is your best interest. And by virtue, that is important for the country's best interest. And this is something that Biden had said, right? That we have to protect your health care, your, your uh, right to go out and not hang around with the unvaccinated because it's good for the country, right? And what's good for the country is good for you. It's a circular logic there. What I did was I equated this to China and what they did with the one child policy, because empirically, if we're talking about the health of the country, if we're talking about the health of the population, right, we're trying not to infringe on the rights of your neighbors. Well, in China, the concern was that they were going to have overpopulation, which is obviously something that the powers that be here are also concerned about, including Bill Gates, who owns more farmland than anybody else. And I don't know what he's going to use that farmland for, but I certainly worry when he has control of all the farmland and talks about too much overpopulation. But you see where, Okay, China says, well, we have overpopulation, right? We have pollution. We don't have enough resources to go around. Thus, you are not allowed to have more than one child. And if you do, you either have to abort that child or we're going to kill that child or whatever it might be. It's a terrifying premise, but it's made for the greater good, right? This is for the greater good of you. This is for the greater good of your neighbor. How dare you have too many children? Now you're impacting your neighbor, their health security, their food security, et cetera. The precedent is being established here that the government can basically declare a pandemic, a health emergency, whatever it might be, in order to, quote unquote, protect you. But by virtue of setting that precedent, it now is established that the state's self-interest is now your self-interest when it comes to healthcare matters. Because empirically, if the health of the people in a country is at risk, well, the country's at risk. Ipso facto, abracadabra, there you go. That's how the logic will work. And that's why we have to be very concerned about this. So there you go. There's my rant about the vaccines. We'll get that out of the way. Coming back around, though, to this... I guess I'll talk about this at the top of the show since I already sang my little ditty. I meant to do a longer one, and I promise there'll be an even better song forthcoming, but, uh, you know, my, my libertarian rock and roll fantasy was another thing that I talked about during this speech. This, this was like an hour-long rambling speech, by the way, where I was drunk on whiskey, so, you know, dynamite. But another thing that I talked about was... The ability for libertarians, or I'd say the lack of ability in libertarians to deliver on a premise that is not based in pure facts, logic, reality, we tend to argue, when we argue, we tend to emphasize the reality, emphasize history, emphasize facts, logics, uh, statistics, etc., Now, these are all empirically good things to argue if you're a person who's based in this reality that we share, if you believe in the empirical logic, if you believe that certain things are pure facts, and that's all. The problem is these things don't tend to really convince anybody that well. Once in a while, you'll meet somebody who's a logical mind, right? Like you know Dave Rubin, who's on the show. Larry Elder beat him over the head with so many facts that he had to change his worldview. That will work sometimes. But a lot of the time, what we're working with when we talk to people, especially on the left. But I'd say equal components on the right. And you can see the last Trump speech that happened, the last Trump run, Make America Gradient, right? As libertarians, we don't have these grandiose, far-reaching visions. We don't have inspirational uh fantasy realms that we try to take people to. Now, maybe this is because we are people that are based in facts and logic. For the most part, we're very uh detail-oriented people. This is where the autism jokes come in. And, and hey, jokes have some basis in reality, as we all know. But this is where you see there might be a little bit of a creative dearth there. People that are on the far left that are creating in Hollywood, they're making movies. And I've read it. I have a very creative mind myself, obviously, and I'm still logical. I'm not saying this is a universal stereotype that goes across libertarians. But we don't have as many people that are the dreamers that live in the fantasy realms where they can imagine the applications of our philosophy and how they should play out in a perfect world. Right. This is why I titled the episode, What is Your Libertarian Rock and Roll Fantasy? Because we need to start thinking about this. We can't simply toil away in the stat mines and pray that people come around to our point of view and see the world through our eyes because they don't live in our reality. Empirically, we look at reality mattering less now than ever. You are fed a constant stream from big tech of just what you want to see. The algorithms don't lie. You know, what was that, uh, Gary the Glove Payton, right? Did he yell, ball don't lie? I think, it was, I think it was Gary Payton. Ball don't lie. You know, I got off a tangent there. <laughs> but we see people that really are fed a different reality than most of us live in. You know, Scott Adams famously had talked about this during the Trump run-up in the Trump presidency. People were fed a constant stream of lies, of misdirections, of basically leaving out half of the book, right? It's like reading a novel and then missing every other word. So half population is reading one novel and the other half is reading a second novel. And the two simply don't overlap because people's worlds don't overlap. They believe what they want to believe. And we as libertarians need to find ways, find stories to tell, which is why I do nothing man so important, which by the way, I tragically lost half of my fucking do nothing man recording. But on the good side, I now can update the script because it was focused on Maxine Waters, vaccine mandates. I'm sorry, it was focused on mask mandates and constant masking. And now I have to add in some vaccine mandates because this is all new stuff that I want to put into the script. But see that finding creative ways to tell our stories, finding ways that are inspirational, right? We need to talk as though... The libertarian philosophy will change people's lives so momentously that we can promise people your taxes will be lower, your life will be better, your business will be a success. We're going to make sure your kids don't die at war. We are going to turn your life into something out of a fairy tale. Because that's what these other people promised. That's what, again, make America great again, Donald Trump. He doesn't get into the details, right? Think about that. We libertarians, we get into the nitty gritty and people get really fucking bored and their eyes glaze over and then they go, I don't know. I, I don't understand your philosophy, man. You took too long to explain it. Donald Trump, make America great again. Barack Obama, yes, we can. Yes, we can what? I don't know. Do the exact same shit that he did before, the exact same things as his predecessor, George W. Bush, did. Yes, we can. So inspirational, right? Didn't get into policy, didn't need to, and look, look what happened. We as libertarians, I've said this on other shows, but need to pitch the concept of doing something different, that people are insane to do the same thing over and over again. And let's try something different and new and unique. Let's try something that's going to revolutionize the way in which people live, the way in which people interact. Let's get out of this constant swinging cycle of every five, every every four, every eight years, the pendulum swings and your taxes change by 10 percent and your corporate tax rate's going to go up another 8 percent, which is what Biden's talking about right now. Let's get this pendulum swinging to stop. Let's convince people that libertarianism is going to bring them a stable constant, a medium in which we can work to curb the worst instincts of both sides. We can promise you a better future. We can promise you more money in your bank account. We can promise your savings aren't going to get eaten up. We can promise you that your children are going to be able to buy a house because we are going to put a stop to the bubbles. We're going to put a stop to this massive cronyist operation that's happening there. We're going to put a stop from your jobs being you know, being taken away from you and pushed out, out of bounds because they can't afford to have companies built here anymore because of the corporate tax rate, because of local regulations, because of red tape. Guess what, guys? We're going to let you put a hot tub on your fucking roof. Whatever your fantasy is. I was just on the Fantasy House podcast with my buddy John Shefsky, and I had this fanciful house that I built out of of my mind with all these different crazy things in it. We're going to promise that you can do that. Be inspirational for fuck's sake. Don't own somebody with Spock-like logic and then call them a retard on Twitter. It's not effective. I promise you. Live long and prosper. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. All right, so that's, uh, that's my rant. That's part of the that's part of my speech I get. Now, one more thing too I want to mention. Uh, as I'm talking about speeches, I will be giving a speech over in Vienna, Austria at the, uh, the Austrian Economics Conference. Go to Austrianconference.org. Guys, you can still submit as of the 16th. You can still get a paper in. And if nothing else, come over to Austria. Come hang out with me. Let's drink some good beer. Let's Google some Austrian women and let's talk some economics. Let's talk some free market concepts. Let's talk about libertarianism. Let's talk about changing the world. Let's talk about inspiring some people because it's going to be an awesome in-person five-day event. And I want you to join me. Come on out. Share that information, by the way. I mean, it's a different world traveling and hearing what different philosophies are internationally and how different people view the free market and how those ideas and philosophies play out and the challenges that they interact with. So, guys, please Check that out, Austrianconference.org, and uh, I hope to see you in Vienna. All right, moving on. Let's talk about this tax hike just a little bit. Um, I just, from what I'm reading right now, and this plan that the, the Democrats were at is very light on details intentionally at the moment, and they are intentionally obfuscating that because they know that they're trying to raise approximately $3 trillion more trillion in taxes. Because they know their infrastructure plan won't work. Not on top of spending America into the deepest deficit it's ever seen by by a million. Well, by, by what, $8 trillion, The deepest deficit. Undermining the value of the dollar. Making sure that your savings account is basically null and void. Because by the time inflation hits, you're not getting any interest off it anyway. So they know it's a non-starter to say, well, we're just going to tack on. $3.5 trillion to the deficit to create all this new Green Deal bullshit and try to do all these other you know, initiatives. Uh, and I'm sure there's an ample amount of blue pork built into all of this, as there has been in the last bill. You know, we talked about how, and Thomas Massey pointed this out, something like $60,000 could have gone to every American household instead of the $3,000 that you got. Or in my wife and I's case, I think we got $300. If you divvy it up for every American, it was something like $60,000. Now, where did that money go? Well, it went to corporate cronyism. It went to the banks. It went to big corporations. It went to the airlines. It went to the auto unions. It went to everything else. It went to bailout states, blue states primarily. Went to, uh, you know, every possible place than where it should. And really, you could argue that it should have gone nowhere to begin with. So there shouldn't have been any lockdowns. There shouldn't have been any government ability to do that. and People should have gone about their daily lives. But now this new one, they're trying to promise that they're going to balance it out, which never works. Every single budget that's ever been proposed has been woefully short in actuality. It never is even remotely close to achieving the the, the stated budgetary rollout, right? Of three point five trillion, I guarantee you, it's double at least. At least it'll be double for all these infrastructure programs. Programs aren't it? So they're proposing now to hike corporate taxes. As I said, it was something like. From 21%, which is something that Donald Trump did, I thought was a fantastic thing. You want to keep corporations here. You want to keep them employing Americans here. Oh, no, no, well, they're not worried about that. I mean, the government's been paying employees, uh, well, in paying non-employees not to work, which is why you can't get an Uber. Why? I went to the Chili's. My wife and I said, why don't we go to Chili's for the first time in 20 years? Oh, they don't have enough staff. 45-minute wait. Restaurant of probably 10 people in it because they don't have any wait staff. Can't hire anybody right now because everybody's getting paid out to stay at home. So, they're trying to raise corporate taxes from 21% to 26.5, I believe is the number, I might be off by that. By, uh, by a percent. They're trying to raise taxes on the sin sticks, cigarettes. Um I believe some other sin related purchasing, you know. They can't hate smoke, uh, cigarette smokers enough. I mean, I at this point people want to smoke cigarettes are going to smoke cigarettes, right? If they're addicted, they're addicted. Now, there's so many millions of dollars paid into truth and uh, the anti-smoking ad from the ad council and all this other, you know, horseshit that all it does is make me want to smoke every time I see one of these horrible truth commercials or have a nice vape. But they're trying to tell these people, look, you, the people that we hate, we're going to tax you even more, right? We're going to raise funds by screwing you over because we want you to stop smoking. The problem is, what if it works? I mean, there's nobody this is why you know it's horseshit. This is why you know it will never actually work to stop these people from smoking as much as they pretend it is. They know they're basically like drug dealers that know they can raise the price of your heroin because you're gonna get it anyway. So the shitty government, the shitty mafioso government knows that taxing cigarettes higher has never worked, it will never work. All it does is stick it to people that they don't like. And if it does work, if these people stop smoking, what then? Where's that $500 million going to come from? Oh, that's right. They don't care because it ain't going to work anyway. I just, I I find it hilarious. So they're going to be doing the sin taxes. They're going to be uh, trying to make it more difficult for people to maybe move funds from overseas, which has been a long time goal of the Democrats to stop corporations from having money overseas and try to get that tax money and a bunch of other just kind of, Typical Democrat horseshit, including a proposed wealth tax. Now, this wealth tax is supposedly only going to apply to people that make $5 million or more. Number one, I don't see how this is going to be constitutional. I know this has been proposed before and struck down. States have tried to do it, and it's been struck down. But number two, if you've got this wealth tax, really, what do we think? I mean, number one, a lot of the wealthy, a lot of people that make the most money don't have the money liquid. So what are you going to do? You're going to make them sell off properties to pay this wealth tax? Every year, you're going to, uh, what, how many, you're going to hire, they said something like 80,000 IRS agents to go through, comb through everybody's money, call, you know, do extra auditing to try to go through every single thing, every every hidden gem that these people have, every piece of real estate, every stock investment they're going to go through. How much those 80,000 IRS agents cost? I'm sure that I'm making minimum wage. And the other thing they're going to do, because, you know, they hate anybody with money, even though they all have money and they're all showing it off at the fucking Met Gala like AOC. Eat the rich, says it says in uh, Swarovski crystals on people's necklaces. The other thing they're going to do is try to get in on capital taxes, capital gains taxes. Right. They're saying they want to increase that. It's already at 20 percent. I didn't realize it was already at 20 percent. I thought it was at 15. But now they want to go from 20 percent to 25 percent. So money that you've already made, now you've reinvested in companies to help those companies grow, employ people, uh, create goods and services. Well, screw you too, because everybody knows that the stock market is only for the most evil, the most wealthy. Never mind that Nancy Pelosi and all the other shills on Capitol Hill regularly get insider trading information and regularly buy and sell stocks to paste on that information. Shh, Don't tell anybody. But they want to screw you on that too. So people like me that are not super wealthy, by the way, go support us, patreon.com forward slash lions of liberty, as little as $5. You can get all sorts of great content, all the way up to producing your own shows, which we do here. If you join at $50, it takes a couple months, and then you will get to produce your own show. Tell us what you want to talk about. Uh, on up, guys. So do it to it. And of course, also, as you'll hear later, we are on locals. So you can go to lions of liberty.locals. We are building that up. So you can join there again. You know, like five bucks a month, and you'll get our, our bonus content pushed through there. But as of right now, we still have a lot of uh of the tiering content on the Patreon until we figure out exactly how we're gonna work this whole thing out and get everybody merged and all that's kind of a, a huge pain in the ass that we do for you because we love you. Kisses from me. So anyway, I'm not a rich man, right? And I did well in the stock market over the the lull, because they always say buy the dip, and I do with my, my meager income. I'm able to buy the dip and make some money. But now, of course. Do I have to sell it all off? Should I do it now? Should I sell it all off and put it into crypto immediately at iTrust Capital? Which, by the way, of course, I'll put a link to iTrust Capital in our uh, our show notes as well. You can go there, start up a free account. So should I do this? Anticipating this crap passing, anticipating a 25% capital gains tax? I mean, it really does seem as though the Democrats are so brazenly attempting to destroy, bankrupt, and make this into a, <laughs> basically a dystopian shithole wherein no companies will be here, wherein we've debased the currency. I mean, basically they're making it to Venezuela. They're making it so difficult to start businesses, to maintain businesses here, that it's going to be something where the, the businesses are going to go away. Maybe they'll leave behind all the infrastructure and the government will say, okay, well, well, we'll start it up. Here we go. Biden cars. You get in, the GPS has no idea where to take you. You put in the address and it goes. I, I I think this is it. This was this a was this did this used to be a Burger King? (laughs) And then it just drives through a fucking farmer's market. (laughs) But honestly, I mean, it's. It is, uh, it's worrisome, man, where this, this country is going, where these people are doing to it. And that's why we as libertarians need to provide a better vision, a more philosophical, a more fantastical vision of where we can take people. Because right now I'm telling you, the time is right. You have a younger generation that is seeing the woke culture fail them. They're seeing the lockdowns fail them. They're seeing everything that's happening in the job market play out. They're seeing how awful people have become how people hate each other and they don't want anything to do with it it's our time now to be the revolution to be that pinnacle to show people the way to show people our vision and these young people will come on board they will look to us they'll say you know what you're right the people that are disenfranchised in this country that have been seeing this pendulum swinging back and forth screwing them over leaving them nothing they will look to us and say these guys are right these guys are the revolution that we need let's get on board but we got to give them something to believe in because it's all right. It's your Liberty rock and roll fantasy. All right, guys, I want you to check out a great little company here, and then I'm going to come back in and I'm going to give you some good uh, Rubin Hey guys, a quick commercial break here. Sponsor break for two libertarians, Vanessa Avalar and her husband, Carlos, two libertarians who run a CBD company you're going to enjoy. That is Paloma Verde CBD. Let me spell that for you so you can know where to find it. P A L O M A V E R D E cbd.com Now you can use the promo code ROAR to get 25% off your order of $75 or more free shipping though. So that's awesome to help support libertarian causes, libertarian entrepreneurs, and also this show. Let me tell you about these products. These are premium-grade, THC-free, and with mostly organic ingredients. They've got some mink tinctures that are fantastic, on about 20 minutes, last four to six hours, guys. Green apple gummies, also strawberry lemonade. Those will last about six to eight hours as well. Fast-acting, everyday soft gels, 10 milligrams. Those will hit you fast and hard if you're in pain, if you need some relief quick. And, of course, they also have their salves. I'm looking forward to this. Mark is still hoarding it. I'm going to go over and non-aggressively, non-aggression principally, punch him in the face. <laughs> but I do want to use this solve on my sore knee, this eucalyptus lavender solve. But anyway, guys, check them out. Great company. Support libertarianism. Support us and support them. Go to palomaverdecbd.com. Remember, use that promo code ROAR for 25% off your order of $75 or more and free shipping. There you go. Check them out. They're awesome. Also, check out Burning Daylight matt mckinley great fan of ours great friend of ours great supporter of ours and also a great podcaster he is a little cowboy who has a show half the time he's on horseback half the time he's not on horseback but he's talking about libertarianism he's talking about living he's talking about philosophy he's talking about the open range awesome show Burning with an apostrophe n Burning daylight check that out and uh yeah now let's get into some Ruben. <music> Well, hello, everybody, and I'm not alone today, for the first time in my life. Not alone, finally, somebody here with me. I am joined by the one and the only Dave Rubin. Of course, you know him from the Rubin Report. You know him as an author of Don't Burn This Book, and another forthcoming book, I believe, in 2022, early on. And, uh, of course, a man who has uh, brought—well, I guess, was brought to liberty by the one and the only Larry Elder, who is running for governor here in the state of California. Dave, welcome to the show.
0: Brian, it's good to be with you. Before we do any of this, can I just say I love the branding on this segment and I love that music. I'm, You know, I do my August off the grid and I was yep. on a freaking major disco kick, okay? Major oh, nice. disco kick. I want you and everyone watching this if you want to pause this for a moment, I try not to tell people to pause things. Or I know some of these things are live. <laughs> it's
1: live, live streaming. There's no way. To we're know. live streaming, <laughs> right? Right. I guess you
0: can't live. You can't pause the live stream. Is that possible yet? Not yet. They don't have the tech on that yet. <laughs> but I want you to listen to "Soul" by Frankie Valley. He had a little disco period, not with the Four Seasons, just solo, late '70s. The, the song "Soul." It's it will blow your mind. It's awesome. That was that was the song of my summer.
1: I can't wait. Was this a silent disco? Were you were you just literally out in the woods, you know, dancing (laughs) with earphones on, you know, with with rave sticks? Or how did it go? (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, we were we were in a Mexican treehouse in the rainforest for most of it, but then we were back here in LA, and you know, I don't like anyone here in LA. Well, I like you; you're here, but Ah, there's not many people. There's not many people I like here in LA. So we just hunkered down in the house and we
1: smoked a lot of meat and listened to disco. That was that was pretty much how my summer went. It sounds like heaven. I'm not going to lie to you now. As you said, people of California, right? I mean, we're we're on the eve of what is hopefully a momentous occasion. And I'm releasing this early, this segment, because we want to get word out. I mean, I already voted. I'll tell you that. I put my I dropped it down. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. I probably shouldn't vote in person because of the balloting issue where there's a hole in the back. You can see if people might have voted for Larry Elder. But I did vote for Larry Elder. My wife and I walked it down, popped in the Dropbox yesterday. So we've got a man named Larry Elder. If you don't know who he is, shame on you out there in the world. But he is a very popular radio show host out here, uh, a longtime conservative libertarian, and he's running for governor. Now, latest polls, Dave, I don't know if you saw, but they have uh, released a poll today from 538 showing divergent factions here. You know, it looked like it was neck and neck. And now the latest one, they're telling us, oh, no, it's going to be in a landslide for Gavin Newsom staying. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah. Well, first off, just on Larry Elder as a man and as a libertarian, you know, until Larry ran as a Republican in this recall race, he always described himself as a small L libertarian. Larry is basically, in my estimation, and we've talked about this a bit before, Mm -hmm. as close as you're ever going to get, at least sort of in our modern political time right now to a good decent libertarian that can communicate the ideas properly get support mm-hmm. behind him has the internet people but has mainstream because he's a radio guy has has the the endless amount of knowledge that is in that guy's head he is a stat machine and someone that is yep. just fully ready to take on the machine this is the guy he's got the whole freaking thing by the way you may have noticed I didn't mention the color of his skin I don't care about the color of don't his skin can. I don't think I don't yeah. think he really cares about the color of his skin but, you know, the the Democrat machine and the mainstream media, and big tech, I did it on my show this morning. I mean, if you just put his name in Google right now, just put Larry Elder in Google, look at the endless hit pieces about him. Nothing about what he believes, nothing about how great it is that a black man is the leading candidate, whether you like his policies or not, how great that is for you know a young black boy to see, oh, maybe I could do that. Nothing positive. It's just endless lie and smear about him. As you know, the LA Times called him the black face of white supremacy. They also did an article where they implied when he went to Venice and had a white woman and a monkey in a gorilla costume throw an egg at him, they wrote the story up as if a police altercation involving Larry Elder in Venice. And they used a picture where it looks like he's touching this woman's face as if he slapped her. It's a supporter of his that he hugged if you watch the whole video. So
1: anyway, on on the Larry side-
0: Oh, so on the Larry side, he's like that as that it good? Insane.
1: Sorry, yeah, I'll talk it's, it
0: over. keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's just, it's just nuts. It's as you can see, I'm a little, I'm a little hyped up about Larry. What's going on it. here today? Um, so, so on the Larry front, it's like he's the right guy to get so much of what guys like you and I care about across to the finish line. Now, look, Cali is a one party state. We know there are more Democrats than Republicans, but one of the biggest lies, and there's been a lot of lies in this recall election. One of the biggest ones has been that this is a Republican recall. Uh, Brian, you've been out to some of these events. I've been to these events. The people that are recalling Gavin, that signed, that hand signed that recall at the height of the pandemic when they were telling us not to leave our houses and people still went out and did it. The two million people that signed that thing, I met them. I met these people. I was at a ton of these events about opening up the state. They are not Republicans. There are Republicans, but most mm-hmm. of them are regular California Democrats or independents or completely... Uh, apolitical people who want to go to work, who want their kids to go to school. I would say they're liberals who are mugged by reality more than anything else. The idea that this is a Republican recall or a Trump, you know, a Trumpian recall or whatever they're trying to say. And and if you want to just see how gross the whole system is, you know, they throw old Joe Biden in yesterday because obviously they're not that confident. Otherwise, why do you have Obama doing an ad out of nowhere? Joe Biden shows up, Kamala's here. Joe Biden refused to even say Larry Elder's name. Refused to say his name. Kept calling him a are Trump. I'm sure he cult. didn't forget. I mean,
1: come on, who no, are we no, talking no. about here? <laughs>
0: no, the best, yeah, right. So the best way we can sort of spin it is oh, you know, Joe does have dementia, so maybe that's he right. forgot Larry's name. But but first off, that's just like like just genuinely offensive. I know everyone gets offended over everything, but that's just genuinely offensive. Like, say the man's name. You know, it's like you guys fear him like Voldemort um but but it's not just that he then called him a Trump clone and it's like Larry Elder was born in South Central LA his father was a janitor is that is, was that was the Trump yeah. story too I, I forget i'm i'm blanking actually
1: was that well, the Trump that story On something i think that's so important about Larry Elder and you know and the fact that he is somebody that came up that he's from here he has that story he has that that origin story that everybody wants in America And I think it's been a problem with a lot of libertarian candidates and libertarian positioning in general in that it's always about tearing down. Right. It's never about giving a positive philosophy, a positive vision of the future. And I think Larry does a good job of saying, look, here's the problems, but I want to fix it. Here's what we're going to make better. Here's how I'm going to make your lives better here, California. And he is an inspiring figure. And we looked at, like I mentioned, the polling results they're saying there was some erroneous poll, and that's why they were so close. And I just don't believe it, especially when you have Obama, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders rolling out here. Are, they, are these, these figureheads from a failed movement of uh, you know, socialism really going to convince anybody not to change the circumstances in our home state here?
0: I mean, Brian, look at what's going on here. you got Obama, Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Gavin Newsom basically <laughs> versus Larry Elder, me, John Voigt, and Scott Baio. I like our chances, man. I like them. <laughs> I really like them. I like those well, guys. Scott I, cool. anybody to, Boyd, if you I get mean, the
1: Bayo bump, man, the Bayo bump <laughs> is massive. We don't the ba- all that. Look, the Bayo bump,
0: John Voigt helped, uh, you know, the Americans defeat the Decepticons. We all know that. Right? So like any, anything is anything is possible here. Um, but as far as the polls, just to like squarely answer your question. This is what they do. They, right before the election, they try to make it sound like, oh, there's no chance to depress the voters. We all know that. Look, you live here too. Drive down the 101, the 45, there are recall Gavin signs everywhere. The events that I've been to, thousands of people showed up, like like Trump rallies, Show me where people are really showing up for Biden. Actually, a whole bunch of people did show up for Biden yesterday to protest Biden, (laughs) you know, and and F Biden, which is like the new thing going around the Internet right now. The college
1: stadiums, college stadiums, F Biden all over. It's hilarious.
0: You know, you're not going to believe this, but I'm starting to think that people want to make decisions for themselves and want to walk outside and uh, breathe fresh air and talk to other humans. I know that that's crazy right wing stuff, but I'm starting (laughs) to think it's catching on.
1: Well, that's what I'm, I'm getting a little bit white-pilled. I had two different progressives. I was telling some of my audience about this and died in the wool. You know, I mean, these people could not be reached a year ago have come to me and said, you know what? I think I'm a libertarian now. Oh, and this I love has that. just happened. I mean, and it's, and it's between the homelessness and COVID and just the general kind of cultural wokeness that's overtaken everything. And these are people, you know, one lives in Venice, you know, the heart of homeless craziness where Larry, she probably could have waved at Larry as he walked beneath her house. Um, and the other one is just in the entertainment industry. But you see the poisonous ideology and how it's seeping in. And I swear people are waking up, which is why I believe that this will be a close election. I believe Larry has a legit chance to win. But here's the question for you now. OK, let's say he doesn't. Maybe there's shenanigans. Maybe there's not. If he doesn't win, what's our next step? You know. What do you think that we should do to try to keep the momentum going here? And is he right. going to stay? And you, I know you and Larry talk. Is he going to stay at the forefront? And is there a next step for him in mind?
0: Yeah. So first off, I'm thrilled to hear you say that about the white pilling of some people, especially people that you know, not just internet people, like real people in your life, because I've had yep. some of that too. And, you know, people could just track my own evolution, which is very public online. If you watch my, what I was talking about over the course of, you know, six or seven years at this point that the step from waking up from being a lefty really is to become a libertarian. Because libertarians and lefties do believe in a lot of the same things in that we want life to be decent for people. But one, the answer is, oh, government's messed up. Let's give more power to government. And then the other, which obviously you guys like us think is the correct one, is, oh, government's messed up. Let's get it out of your life. Let's Mm -hmm. starve it so it can't do all those bad things that you lefties are always screaming about. So there's a beautiful way to white pill the socialists and the, and the lefties and the progressives. And I think perhaps now that they're seeing how absolutely horrible the Biden administration is, they're seeing how evil big tech is. They're seeing, if you live in California, how progressive cities, forget forget California. I mean, if you live in Portland, if you live in Seattle, if you live in New York City, if you live in any big city run by lefties, it's a nightmare. Those things are not disconnected, right? Like there's some connection between policy and then the things that happen. So I love hearing that that people are getting white pilled as far as what do I do? I mean, look, look, it's the same as you, Brian. Like I love the weather here. I I've got good friends (laughs) here. I like, I actually like running a counterinsurgency. I like when I go to the supermarket and now, you know, I try not to wear the mask, but every now and again, you got to put on, (laughs) but when people tap me on the show, Oh, you're Dave Rubin, right. And, and they're like, I'm like you, you know, and like, (laughs) and I like that. And you, you came to one of my Rubin report locals meetups and we had about a hundred people at a bar all laughing, having fun, height of the pandemic, no masks, everyone enjoying themselves. And it's like we're all sort of outsiders. And that's the irony is those people, the lefties think that they're the resistance, but meanwhile they're always sucking up to the power. Oh yeah. So I kinda dig it. I, I kinda dig fighting. That being said, look, I've given this thing everything I've got. I've helped Larry in every which way possible. Larry is a great man. If it doesn't go the way we want, I, I think a lot of people have to real think rethink where they're going to be and what they're going to do. And I would include myself in that. i probably include Larry in that, probably include you in that. Because at what point does hope then come? And then I'll end with this, which is, though, if you're right about the white-pilling part, that maybe a whole bunch of people were white-pilled in this to to kind of shift our way, then that Mm -hmm. does give you some long game hope. Um, But the question always with progressives is how much can they destroy before we can turn it around?
1: Yeah. Living in the dystopian future. We can, we can get back the, uh, the prison nation of New York with snake Pliskin, uh, AKA <laughs> Kurt Russell, who, by the way, libertarian, he's on record. Is that, is, uh, is Kurt Russell a libertarian? Kurt Russell said he's a libertarian. Yeah. I don't think he, I mean, I haven't heard him really give political speeches about it, but he has stated it. Maybe you have the power in the poll to get him on. Uh, I'll see what I can do, that. but
0: I know that, I know that New York Mets, former catcher and LA Dodgers catcher, Mike Piazza
1: just cut a video for elder today. So that's good. Oh, really? Nice. Well, that's it. See, that's, I mean, it's funny when you talk about, and and I know, you know, we don't want to go too long because we want to get this message out, but we talk about um, getting people kind of on board, shaking people up and getting them to realize just how lazy and I've been talking about this a lot how lazy left thinking is, how lazy left ideology is, and that these people who consider themselves revolutionaries are, in fact, buying into the least amount of pushback, just floating along the stream. And of course, we all know what happens when you go along to get along for long enough. It always ends up shit. You know, shit runs downstream. And these people are in the tubes drinking their uh, their pina coladas and floating down. the Sorry, dressed up in their Met Gala dresses floating yeah. down the shit stream to the end of it. And, you know, yeah, it's you gotta, t-
0: yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, AOC is the perfect example of that. She doesn't want to fight the power. She wants to be in with the power as she trolls the rest of us with the dress. And by the way, yeah. the rich are taxed and the rich pay almost all taxes in the United oh, States. Yeah. We sh- we showed a diagram from the IRS. I think they have a little info on this today to show that the rich pay pretty much if you're if you make over 100 grand, you basically pay all the tax. I mean, it's as, it's as mm-hmm. simple as that. Um, and we could, you know, I'm for a flat tax, but we can always argue about taxes. But AOC, it's not that she's fighting the power or against the elite. She doesn't like some of the people in power now. So she just wants to replace the people in power. I would prefer that the people in power just not have that much power that yeah. that's the much, much more honest assessment. So yeah, we can get more people to our, look, if you're walking around in 2021 going, boy, the government's doing a great job when it comes to COVID. And when it comes to foreign policy and when it comes to the economy, it's like, you got to be taken to a hospital and have your head examined, no. you know? <laughs> and by the way, there's room at the hospital because they're not overrun by COVID. I know we have to say no. that they are, but they're not. <laughs> uh, Nobody's so you should go and get a CAT scan.
1: Right, exactly. Um, One more thing, just because this news broke and then I'll let you go. Uh, One of my favorite comedians of all time, Norm MacDonald, just found out he passed away today. I didn't even know he had cancer. I don't think many people knew. But I wanted to see if you had any just quick thoughts on Norm, um, you know, his comedy and kind of any initial thoughts or last thoughts, I guess, on uh, kind of what the man stood for.
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. You know, I just saw that in the last hour. I actually met Norm once when I was over at Aura TV, which was Larry King's Digital Network that I had a show on. He was doing Larry's show. We chatted for about a half hour in the green room. Just nice, decent guy. You know, I think we did talk a little bit about politics, and I think he kind of was where we are politically. He obviously wasn't too much of a political comic. Um, but some of the things that I'm seeing people read, people that knew him, especially comics that knew him, everybody is just absolutely devastated. Um, but I will say this, you know, when he was on weekend update, you know, that is like, to me, you, t- you know, him, yeah, Dennis absolutely. Miller was my core years, like really core years, sort of late eighties, early nineties. And then I'm pretty sure I'm 99% sure it was norm that picked up from him. And then I yeah, think it was Colin Quinn. Was if, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah I, yeah. I, I was big into the norm when I had to go because I'm a couple years younger than you, not that many, but yeah, it was norm all the time for me. And same thing. I, I came to absolutely adore him. him and he was also he on just, Dennis Miller's show on HBO and was yeah. a killer
0: killer he he just i mean first off the way he spoke and just the 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 drawl and that sardonic wit and he knew like even when he busted a joke when it fell flat it was even sometimes funnier than when the the joke hit he he was he was just great and i miss you know i miss that time when weekend update was funny you know wouldn't that be great if you could turn on saturday night live i mean i haven't watched it honestly in 20 years but wouldn't it be something if you felt like you could turn it on and it wasn't just leftist drivel it was actually funny jokes So even though I didn't know him that well, obviously, like I'll miss the guy. And, you know, anytime we lose, there's something about losing comics, especially in this time where comedy has been so beaten and become so woke. And there's so many just awful ones. It's like we need the good ones. So I'll miss them just as
1: much as anybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Is this, you know, he did have that. He basically just would say what was funny. He didn't give a shit. Even as things turned, culture changed. Norm could not give a damn. I mean, I did a comedy show with him in the back of a garage. It was a big comedy show in the back of a garage. But, you know, he came out and just same old Norm, could not give a shit. And I wonder if we were denied more Norm MacDonald because of the way the culture's changed. You know, I'm sure the guy kept writing. And, uh, yeah, it just breaks my heart. So anyway, Dave, yeah, you I'm are a you. champion of men, man. Thank you so much for coming on short notice. And uh, and you know, I'll let you know, hopefully I'll, I'll text you later if I can make it out and, and uh, meet you up. And also we are on Locals. We did it. We made the, oh. the jump. We're trying to build up. We're trying to build the fan base and get people over there. But we're on there now. So awesome. check us out. Locals, And uh, yeah, it's a great platform, man. So. Hey, people Brian, by the way, I've for.
0: got a, I've got a jet waiting on the Van Nuys tarmac. <laughs> so in case the election doesn't go the way we want, I'm going to I have about 10 people I'm bringing with me oh, to the is. undisclosed location. So you're in.
1: Yes. Thank God. Can I bring my wife? It's not a big I don't really care that much, but I'll it does, it let seems let to talk to my on. guys.
0: There's a wait <laughs> thing, you know. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I'll see you on the tarmac, Dave. Thanks again, everybody. Check out Dave. And of course, Dave, uh, Dave Rubin Report or Rubin Report. There we go. All right.